The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1220. So yesterday we talked with Daniel Jones, the founder of the Church of Jediism and the author of the upcoming Become the Force, Nine Lessons on How to Live as a Jediist Master. And in today's episode, I'm talking to the woman who interviewed Daniel for the book, but there's more to her than just that. Punch it, Chewie. This is Todd Vander Hayden. I'm a national Canadian television anchor with CTV News and a syndicated radio host. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and Teresa Chung is the woman who interviewed Daniel for the book, and she is perfectly suited to be helping him bring his ideas about the Church of Jediism into the world. Here is her deal, specifically, according to the biography in Become the Force. It says she was born into a family of spiritualists and has a master's in theology and English from King's College, Cambridge University. She's been writing best-selling books and encyclopedias about the psychic world, the afterlife, and personal transformation for 20 years years, been published by Simon & Schuster, Random House, Penguin, HarperCollins, Platkus, and Watkins Media, with book sales of close to half a million. Two of her spiritual titles became Sunday Times top 10 bestsellers, and her books have been translated into 30 different languages and counting. Holy crow. So she is the exact right person in the exact right place and time. And in my conversation with her, you're going to hear how she managed to connect with Daniel and how this whole book came into being, as well as her own background in spirituality and her love of Star Wars, too. Here we go. Teresa Chung, thank you so much for joining me on Star Wars 7x7. How are you? Very excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. All right, so let's start by talking about, well, Daniel's story, I guess, begins with the whole (laughs) Jedi census phenomenon situation in 2001. Were you aware of that phenomenon when it was happening? I wasn't, actually, but I've always been a huge Star Wars fan, sort of in the family. But no, I wasn't. That was something that was new to me. 2014, I found out about it. So... Can you tell me a little bit about uh, your background then, and we'll talk about what was happening in the time between the Jedi census phenomenon and when you first learned about the Church of Jediism. So I know that you were born into a family of spiritualists and that you graduated. And Star Wars and and sci-fi fans, yes, Mm -hmm. I'm very much born into a kind of alternative family, but um, I've devoted my life to writing books about the paranormal, the psychic world, psychic development, spirituality, really interesting subjects, vampires even, I've done a big encyclopedia on. So it's kind of my realm. And in one of my books in 2014, I was writing for Simon & Schuster that I was going to do an A to Z of all the religions in the world, basically to show people that really religion is very sort of man-made and um, you don't necessarily have to be religious to be spiritual. The two are different. And in that A to Z, I wanted to include every religion I could, well, as many as I could. It's impossible because there are thousands in the world. Mm -hmm. And 
I, I did an A to Z of as many as I could, as word count would allow, and basically saying, here are the cent central beliefs, you know, aren't they all similar? Look at all the similarity. And as I was doing that, I began to realize that that's exactly what Daniel was doing with Jediism, saying, look, all the religions have these common threads, and that's what Jedists are. We, we embrace all faiths, all religion, all belief. And I just found that very beautiful. And I, I researched it a bit. I found out about Daniel and what this guy had done at such a young age. And, and I thought, what tremendous courage. And it was in the back of my mind to interview him because I started to do a website blog when I started to interview some spiritual leaders. Um, and um, eventually I, I got round to him and I I spoke to him and I just, his eloquence was extraordinary. I'm sure when you've talked to him, he, he's so deeply spiritual. And I wanted to know, have you got a book of scripture? And he said, well, no. And I've had all these publishers, you know, knocking at my door, asking me to write one. But I, I have um, Asperger's and I'm dyslexic. So that would be a problem for me. And I haven't yet come across someone who kind of thinks about Jediism in the same way. So it did kind of feel like, I was being called to to help him write this. So I took the idea to my publishers, who, by happy chance, the owner of the publishing house, huge science fiction fan. And I knew that, actually, because in his <laughs> office he had Darth Vader. And, and <laughs> the rest, just history, they fell in love with the idea. And, um, and then through a series of Skypes over about six months, I, I Skyped with Daniel to get his message down in a kind of a book of scripture way for his followers and that that's how it's come I'm, I'm just it's it's very very exciting the warmth that the his book has been greeted and the idea of it it's like they were waiting for this <laughs> <laughs> and um i just love it because i mean what's more fun you know my i'm a paranormal writer who writes about spirituality as well and star wars i mean i felt like i'd gone to heaven you know six months of just writing about what i absolutely adore and and the most exciting thing in the world so it was great that and is now the, a wonderful opportunity. And there are all these things. That for, he's at Forbidden Planet. Tomorrow he's at Comic Con doing a panel. It's, it's just brilliant. And a whole new audience now can hear his message and read about it. Um, I just feel very blessed <laughs> <laughs> to have been able to do it. But I did get help. I had a sci-fi editor working with me because my, I am a, a Star Wars. I love Star Wars. But, you know, the nitty gritty of it, which the fans would pick up on, I needed to make sure that that was all correct. Right. Uh, so we had a sci-fi uh, editor, Paul Simpson, who edits the sci-fi bulletin. And, of course, the Watkins team helped me. It was a very much a team effort, this, in the spirit of Jediism, you know, that was all of us, led by Daniel, but we all worked together on it. Gotcha. And so if it's not too personal a question to ask, in between that time before you encountered the Church of Jediism, what is your own uh, spiritual history? I mean, where do you identify on a spiritual religious spectrum because ultimately it sounds as if you were almost converted in a sense yes i suppose i was yeah um i would call myself a jedist now and it's lovely that i'm meeting lots of people who feel the same i certainly would if the census came around now i definitely put jedist and not to be <laughs> i would definitely do i believe and this is my belief i don't force it on anyone else i've always believed because of the work I do and the stories that get sent to me, I believe we are spiritual beings having a human experience, not human beings having a spiritual experience. That's why I believe I believe there is a spiritual essence in all of us that survives bodily death and and goes to another realm, whatever it, it, it is. That's what I believe. But that's a personal belief. And as I said, I don't push that on anyone. But I'm not religious because in some ways, is Jediism a religion? That's a huge debate. Or is it a philosophical movement? 
And we leave that very much to followers to decide. If they want it to be their religion, fine. However, if they don't like that religion word, it is a philosophical movement that can give you tools and techniques to navigate the journey of this life. It certainly has a, a certain connotation, the word religion does, with oh, folks. Yes. And you know, people definitely bring a lot today, of yeah. their, own, their, their own baggage, in some cases, <laughs> their own experiences, yeah. to that it, idea, if you will. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, it, I, I very much distinct distinction between religion and spirituality, two very, very different things. Absolutely. And so I would imagine that you know, once you heard about the Church of Jediism, that it dovetailed actually in a way with a lot of the things that you had uh, encountered and uh, developed in your own life and sort of the the idea of spirituality and uh, human experience that you, you know, through your years of experience and your multiple yeah. bestsellers that you've written that you've essentially built up for yourself. Exactly. Yes, I did. And also what I loved about Jediism, it's, it, it is kind of had a lighthearted approach as well. And I think that's so missing from spirituality. I mean, goodness, I've been to so many talks, retreats, you know, you can imagine in my career, that's what I've done. And it can tend to be very, very worthy and serious. And it lacks that excitement, <laughs> that vibrance, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, he, and you've spoken to Daniel and, and his fellow Jedi, they're alive. And that to me is the force. Because if your spiritual beliefs aren't bringing you joy or giving you abundant energy, for me, they don't feel like they're true. And if you meet a Jedis, they're like, they've got a child in their eyes. I love that. There's a child there and an energy and a vibrance that you can't, I haven't yet found in other movements. And maybe it's because you could say they live in this fantasy world and they love Star Wars. It doesn't matter. There's something about them which is truly more alive than a lot of other people I've met. Um, and, and that's why I just love everything about the movement. And I hope it goes global. I really hope this book gives Daniel an opportunity to do what he tried to do in 2007, um, uh, which is to put it on the map and to, to give people who perhaps normally wouldn't think of themselves as spiritual, a spiritual system that they can, they can use to you know, uh, work through life. And one of the things that I found particularly compelling about it is in the book, it's referred to as a very optimistic philosophy, an optimistic way of looking at the world as well, even in light yes. of, you know, there's copy on the back of the book that says now more than ever, it's our responsibility to overcome the dark side. So there's certainly some acknowledgement of it not being a perfect oh, world. We and do yet, not, you mm -hmm. know, in fact, we, we, um, uh, encourage people to look at the dark side you've got to understand the dark side and in some ways you have to experience too because one of the hallmarks of a Jedis is being curious and open-minded and learning if you're learning and growing you're a Jedist even though you don't know it because this life is constant evolution and sometimes you learn through the dark times and the challenging times more than you do actually when you're always happy so we, we don't uh, pretend that, that there isn't darkness in the world or that conflict, struggle, pain, loss, all these things don't exist. We encourage people to observe it, deal with it and learn from it. In fact, mistakes are, are absolutely fine if you're a Jedi. Learn from them, though. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what we encourage. So um, what would you say are some of the other basic tenets of Jediism or Jedism? Well, first of all, curiosity. Absolutely. If you haven't got a curious, open mind, it, that's, that's a stumbling block. You've got to be curious and willing to, to learn. 
and always and always say, well, I could always learn more. Always learn more. That's for me is the mark of a true Jedi. That they say they're they're learning and there's more to to learn. So that's the fundamental thing. The other thing is personal thought control, which is learning to manage your thoughts and to realize the enormous awesome power of your thoughts. I mean, that's when you're tapping into the force and how they can determine the direction of your life. I mean, your perception creates your reality. As, as it says in, in the movies. Um, so that's another important thing. And then emotional management to understand that when you feel angry, when you feel pain, you are not pain and you are not anger. These experiences are flowing through you, again, to help you learn and uh, grow and evolve. So that's another thing. Another central tenet is to be humble, to be peace-loving. I mean, the mark of a great warrior in Jedism is to never fight, that you find a way to avoid conflict or, or talk through it, use diplomacy, um, skill, skilled at diplomacy a Jedist is as well, and also helping others. Jedists, I mean, Daniel encourages his followers every day to do something to help someone else apart from yourself and to protect the weak and vulnerable. They do like to think of themselves as light warriors or warriors of the light. So that, that's a, a bit of a snapshot, I think. I think I've covered everything. <laughs> yes, absolutely, I'd say you have. And uh, I would imagine, just based on your deep experience in this realm, that when you were doing the interviews with Daniel to create the book, I, yes. I, I don't imagine you as a passive interviewer, as a passive reporter of these things. <laughs> You're very psychic. <laughs> yes. My, my challenge, and, and a lot of people actually, if, if they go on my author page to see my videos, I talk too much, yes. So I had no. to learn quiet no I had to learn and I recorded everything and I just would let him talk like Daniel decided the chapters how they were going to flow because that was based on his very early version of the book that he tried to carve out 10 years ago mm -hmm. the the way the book is done is nine chapters so basically I I would get him talking but then I would just let him talk and he does talk Daniel actually I mean <laughs> you know his talk so he just he can talk for hours about a topic. Yes. And then I would listen to the recordings and, and transcribe them and, and make it into a readable book. Also, part of the book is his autobiography as well, because he kind of tells the story of his journey from a boy to a man, really, and how that involved coming to terms with his, his Asperger's, because he wasn't diagnosed till 26, and how Star Wars actually helped him understand a world that felt very confusing, because all the lessons in Star Wars, the Star Wars universe, helped him helped him to cope, if you, if you understand what I'm trying to say, because it was quite mm -hmm. frightening. He didn't know why he had these panic attacks, why he had meltdowns, why he had constant thoughts and creativity 24-7, because he barely sleeps. I mean, that's one of, uh, you know, the symptoms mm -hmm. of his condition. And, um, you know, and, and ten, a genius tends to go alongside with it because there is a touch of that about him in that he has the ability to see patterns and connections that others wouldn't. And, and that certainly came across with founding Jediism. Certainly, with, and also a you know voracious appetite for research and uh, yes. and that sort of thing too, which helps. Yeah, he's create... read everything. If you ask, mention a book, mm -hmm. spiritual spiritual book, chances are he's read it. Yeah, exactly. And so mm -hmm. that was another thing I wanted to ask you about too. I thought it was a very interesting choice to make it not just a you know philosophical treatise, but also a biography as well. How did that decision come about? I think it was because, and actually, we're finding there's a lot 
there's a kind of more interest in a way in the autobiography as well. What would inspire someone to do that? You know, why would you found a church of Jediism at the age of 19, 20, which he was? Um, mm-hmm. what, what's the psychology behind that? Why did he do it? There was just so much interest in that. I mean, lots of people are Star Wars fans, but they're not going to go and end up in Time magazine <laughs> or on, on, on Fox News or whatever talking about it. Um, and and the courage, you know, he lives in Wales, um, as I said, has Asperger's, left school at 16. The absolute courage to do that, because, of course, he knew when he was going to do it, there was going to be ridicule, because that's the first thing that comes in whenever people, whenever something's new or different, people will move in and criticize. And the flack that he got, you have to be very thick skinned. And again, he says that's where his condition helped him, because it doesn't actually affect him that much. Ah. Negative, positive. He's able to view them as the same as just information. Indeed. Whereas okay. someone like me, I would get like, oh, my goodness, you know, I, I find that when I started going on Facebook and, you know, obviously being a paranormal author, you get a lot of trolls or people saying awful things and you have to learn to develop a thick skin. But for him, you know, even now today, of course, the Church of Jediism is going to get. Um, luckily, though, it's changed. A lot of the people, it's it's good humoured or curiosity. But there are some people who are very, very against it. You know, you know, typically they're religious people as well who think it is um, a terrible thing to do. Yeah. At some point back in the early days of social media, when there were you know people talking about how, well, let's use the Facebook commenting system on blogs and mm-hmm. that way there will actually be accountability. And so people won't be anonymous and therefore perhaps people will be more civilized when their real names and real faces are being attached to comments. And Boy, that sure didn't happen. <laughs> no, no, it's it's brutal, um, and it is it is very sad today actually that people are, and we're hoping to change that with become the force that people are getting their self worth actually from likes and clicks, and um, how to try and change that in a way that you know because the book is very much about not getting your self worth outside of yourself, but finding it within, mm-hmm. and being able to rise above what people say or opinions they have and and not letting it affect you um and i think that tied in so well with his life is if you have asperger's you know you're going to get stared at you're going to get comments so he has a lot to teach people about what it's like to live with asperger's as well um uh so Mm -hmm. and i do feel like it's a situation where you see this societally where when criticism comes out about something and there's not a similar response where the response is more magnanimous where to use the common expression you take the high road with these things that eventually the other side the crowd that supports you comes to your aid and your rescue and ultimately the tide of public opinion kind of turns and that you know negative situation dies away when it realizes that it's not going to get the kind of energy and fuel yeah, that it needs feed, to Yeah, don't turn. feed it, don't feed it. Yeah, exactly. Again, beautiful Yoda quote, isn't it? You mm-hmm. know, don't feed, you know, feed it. Don't feed it um, or focus on it. Yeah, release it. So you've touched on this a little bit, and I'd love you to go a little bit deeper in it if you don't mind. Um, again, drawing on your considerable experience, how would you say Jediism compares to other... Um, philosophies or religions or spiritualities you've studied like is there anything that's 
very, you know, very similar to it, I guess, is one way to enter into this beauty conversation. Beauty of Judaism is that it is, it is everything. It encompasses everything. There is profound beauty in every religion. Um, but what is so sad about a lot of religions is that they say, it's my way, only my way, and you are, we are right, you are wrong, and Judaism wouldn't say that. Judaism... What I, that's what makes it so different. It completely respects all religions. And what's one, one of the wonderful things, some of the contributors to the book, because we have Master Jedis, we've got Jews, we've got atheists, we've got Christians, we've got all, a whole rate. We embrace all religions. And that's very hard for people to understand. But what it's trying to do is to say, enlarge your mind, stop trying to categorize and do these false boundaries and restrictions. Jedism is, is bigger, is wider. It, it encompasses everything. It respects your belief. As long as your belief does no harm to anyone and makes you feel happy, we respect that. And that's where it is so different because you won't get another movement which would... Atheists, for example, um, one of the church's co-founders, Patrick Day Charles, is a comic con with Daniel Tomorrow. He's a committed atheist. Um, Lloyd Auerbach, who's, who's a a big paranormal expert in the States. He's Jewish, same with Dr. Julian Mossbridge. And, and all of them still understand Jedism. We are, so it's the only religion, it's so beautiful, that can connect people from different religions, if you understand what I'm saying, because it accepts, and it's basically for all people who believe in spirit. And I, I mm -hmm. think that's truly beautiful. You couldn't get that anywhere else. And I, you mentioned the atheism thing, and I actually thought that was interesting in the prologue yeah. that you write for the book that in your compendium of world religions, you actually included atheism in there because... Yeah, because they have a belief, and mm -hmm. their belief is that there is no God, so that's the belief. Mm -hmm. So in a way, that's a religion. They make a religion of their non-belief in God. Um, but actually, a lot of atheists actually do believe in some kind of spiritual. So they just don't believe in a God, you know, like a, a big man in the sky or whatever. But they do believe actually in some sort of spiritual sustenance or essence to this life. And they certainly believe in living on through your good deeds or things that you do and in the energy that you, you give out into the world. But no, no, atheism actually is, it could actually be almost is a religion. And I don't think I realize that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, so it's a belief. It's because the belief is, you know, they they have a belief about God. And if your definition of religion is believing about God, their belief is there is no God. So you <laughs> you see what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes, I get it. I do. <laughs> and I and thank you, too, because I don't think I realized that there was uh, as subtle a delineation within atheism about the possibility that there, you know, if there's not a, you know, God in the sky, that there is no, some sort of divine or spiritual aspect potentially to it. Einstein was a spiritual atheist. You know, you don't believe in a God doesn't mean to say that you're not spiritual. You mm -hmm. do not have to believe in a God to be spiritual. I'm not sure I believe in a God. Um, I believe in a spiritual connection between us all, some spirit, whether you want to call that God or not. But I don't believe in a, in a personal creator. Um, and that's what a lot of um, atheists don't. So you could say I'm atheist, too. I don't believe in that. But, you know, Einstein, as I said, was a spiritual atheist, and there are a lot of spiritual atheists. And I, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I will take your word for it. <laughs> no, no, Einstein, check it out. Spiritual atheism. <laughs> All right. I will make a note for myself. I will. Um, and 
<laughs> and of course, this throws me slightly off track as I'm writing notes while trying to remember the question I was going to ask you next. Um, yeah. While I try and trace that thought back, I will ask you something I have wanted to ask you too, which is um, just what is it about Star Wars in general, um, separating from the Church of Jediism and, and all the spiritual yeah. side? What is it about Star Wars that particularly appeals to you? It's a universe of infinite possibilities. That There's so many possibilities and the idea that you've got all these different species human they're all it's just it accepts differences i mean in the star wars universe that everyone is so different and it's just considered normal to be different and i think a lot of people day today feel like they don't fit in or they're outsiders um but there's 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 no there's no um conformity in the star wars universe in a way um i love that especially and just this sense of infinite potential and the idea that a humble village villager can become a master jedi i i I love that journey that's the hero's journey i mean lucas was very very clever in the way he did it um it is the archetypal hero's journey showing that it's the power of his thoughts and his ability to master himself that is the key to himself, to his success, not wealth, not money, not looks, not relationships. It's self-mastery is what is valued in the Star Wars universe and makes a true Master Jedi. Do you see that philosophy being carried through well with what we've seen of uh, the new movie so far, The Force Awakens, and what little we know about The Last Jedi at this point? I I do. I I. I I, my, I really liked Rogue One actually. Um, ah. Really enjoyed. I really really loved that. It spoke to me because it was all about living a life. I love the fact that they didn't do the conventional happy ending route or whatever, and the fact that these people they had the most important thing was they had meaning, they had a purpose, and in the end, of course, that involved them perishing. But it was absolutely beautiful. It was showing that better to live each day with meaning and with energy and with truth than to take the easy, comfortable, secure road. I, I love that about it. I've yet to fall completely in love with, with the, you know, the other ones. And, but let's see what The Last Jedi holds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one I, I have high hopes for. And I'm, as I'm yeah, sure, I know, I know. There's all these theories swirling about at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I love the idea that one of the original trailers had a book for the first time, I think, in one of the Star Wars trailers. There was a, a books featured that it looked like Luke was searching for a book to find out about the I don't know. And we thought, we've written the book! Because <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the first written by, it's published, it's not self-published, it's by Watkins Books, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a, a real first for Jediism, I think. Um, because uh, obviously we're not affiliated with, with Disney, um, but I think for Daniel to be able to achieve that through a, a, a traditional publisher who is, is backing and supporting it, isn't that a huge step forward? Because I think a lot of people think, oh, it's a fanboy writing again. And that was why one of the reasons for, for maybe bringing me, people like me involved and all, we, each chapter has a, has a Jedist master in there or someone who is really exceptional in their field. And you, you wouldn't believe we've got Michael David Ward, who, whose artwork is in the original movies, and who, whose artwork um, 
is in George Lucas's private collection. We have Dr. Julian Mossbridge, who uses Jedi, the idea of, of a Jedi journey in her teaching of science, maths and technology. And she's a neuroscientist. We have Lloyd Auerbach, who's a paranormal legend. He was the original Ghostbuster. He's been on all the major news channels in America. We have MC Lars, who's a, a, a rapper and a friend of Daniel from his, mu from his music days. Um, we have Dr. Carol Griggs, who is a holistic doctor. We have Joe Angel, an intuitive life coach. I'm just trying to hope I haven't forgotten people. I can't remember at the moment. That's quite um, all right. <laughs> but there are nine of them, and they're all exceptional. That's what we want. We wanted people who are really Yoda-like. Mm-hmm. You know, right. who had really, and, and they are there. They could contribute a page or two about how Star Wars and the using the Force has informed and inspired them and why they're supporting Daniel. Um, it's beautiful. <laughs> and last but not least, of course, we have Teresa Chung as well. I'm, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, I'm a Jedi's box. I'm kind of felt like the scribe of it to be the voice that Daniel needed. Um, you know, because we all have different abilities in life. And that's one of the things about being a genius is what well, to discover where your gifts lie. And mine is, is in the written word, because I've been blessed to have 22 years now, I think, of writing several books a year with mainstream publishers. That's that's I mean, that's a miracle in, in some ways in this day and age that I can I can carry on doing that. And uh, I've written encyclopedias and all sorts and books. And some of them have got to the Sunday Times top 10. I'm very blessed to be in that position. So that was my gift. And my gift was then to give this this guy a voice. And I truly hope now that it's a platform for him to create Jedism and to, to give, young, especially younger people as well, a philosophy, a spirituality that can help them and give them life tools. Because it's difficult today, growing up today. It truly is. Because religion no longer got that you know, there used to be a time when, when people would get their moral values and their spiritual guidance from religion. Most people now, if you ask what religion you are, they go, nah, not interested. Mm -hmm. So where do you go then? You tend to go to your friends for advice about what's right, what's wrong, how to control your emotions, all that. There's no place for people to go now. And uh, Daniel's trying to provide a place that hopefully isn't in a, involving a smelly church or a smelly old book, but is modern, <laughs> relevant, and online. Because that's the thing, is it is an online religion. It's the world's first online religion. Yes, that's right. That's right. And the book itself, not I have a copy of it. It's not smelly at all. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> that's the Michael David Ward cover, that one, you see. That, you know, he, he works on the original movies. It's... Some of his images are iconic. And he did this out of the goodness of his heart because he heard what we were trying to do. And said, I'm going to help you. And yeah. that's, that's amazing. Only, only a Jedi could do that. It's a force. <laughs> you know, he, he regards himself as a Jedist. It is absolutely Truth. gorgeous. It yeah. is. It's Become the Force, Nine Lessons on How to Live as a Jediist Master. And written by Daniel, based on interviews with Teresa Chung. Teresa, for those of our listeners who have never encountered you before and want to learn more about you, where would they best go Don't to stay learn away. <laughs> Where they best would go would be www.theresachung.com, or increasingly now my Facebook author page is very popular. Um, um, but it is very paranormal. I talk about very controversial things like mediumship and um, 
life after death and uh, visions, all this kind of thing. It is a kind of a melting pot. Now, if people send me stories. I put them on my page. But it's it's in, it's growing in popularity. It's about 125K likes now, which I'm blown away by. It just goes to show the appetite that people have for the paranormal and learning more about it. And um, I'm gradually, a lot of them don't know that I've written this book with Daniel and I'm, I want to gradually introduce my readers to that because they would see me in a different light as an afterlife or angel writer. So it's going to be an interesting and I hope that they they take to it and they love the book. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly hope so too and I definitely think that it is worth being taken to. I've quite enjoyed my time with it. And I will include links for our listeners to your website and your Facebook page at the blog post for this show's episode, for sure. So, Teresa, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with me and uh, share about the book and your experience with our listeners. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm really, really, thank you very much for, for having me on here. It, it's wonderful because, I, as I say, that's the power of the force. I'd never be able to speak to someone awesome like you or your followers without... Jediism, and that's what Jediism does. It it crashes down barriers, and you can get people from wildly different walks of life interacting and having something in common. Sorry, I'm going on because I know you want to stop off. But like the panel <laughs> tomorrow, we have we have um we have as I said, the people up there on Daniel's panel tomorrow who are all working with him, they would never interact without Jediism because it would simply they'd be too different. In personality, in careers, in life choices, if you understand, in age. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of Jediism. It connects people and gets them talking and sharing experience and they never they would normally ignore. Yes. If you see what I mean. Or, or think, well, these people are too cool for me or not too cool. You know what I mean? That's what I'm yes. saying. That's what I love about it. <laughs> it's young, old well said. Religious, I've... not religious. See, I'm going on again. Sorry, stop me. <laughs> It's well said, and I and I love every minute of it. I'm only trying to be respectful of your time because I know that you've got you. a lot of promotional stuff to do around the book. And certainly, yes. Daniel, yes. I spoke to him yesterday as well, and his calendar was quite booked up with the uh, with yeah. the work coming it's from this fantastic. release. So. That's Star Wars, though, isn't it? I mean, if he was just going to do a worthy spiritual book or religious book or whatever, nobody. It's because of Star Wars, and that's the magic of this. It's Star Wars that is the magic, and it, it, but it can bring this this spiritual message, empowering message. And by the way that the interest seems to be ramping up towards this, I think that it has a very bright future, I would say. Fingers crossed, yeah. Well, we'll be good. <laughs> if the force wills it, yeah, we've got to trust the force. There you go. If the force wills it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you again, Teresa. Hey, Rebel Rouser. The Last Jedi is coming out in theaters in December, and so it's time for you to brush up on your knowledge of The Force Awakens. Luckily, I've got the thing for you. It's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. It's available on Amazon right now. Just go to sw7x7.com TFA to get right there. And inside, you'll find more than 501 galaxy-spanning questions and answers about The Force Awakens. Again, it's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book, sw7x7.com slash TFA. Welcome back. All right, so 
You know, we've talked in the podcast here about the misinformation campaign that Lucasfilm is waging against us around The Last Jedi and how things that we're seeing might not be what we think we're seeing, dialogue we're hearing might not necessarily be talking about, things and characters that we think they're talking about. Well, as part of this whole thing, I decided to run a poll on Facebook about who Luke is talking about in terms of having seen raw power like this only once before. You remember that line from the last trailer that we got for The Last Jedi? And so this poll has been running all weekend in a couple of Facebook groups in which I participate. And tomorrow we're going to talk about the results and what they mean. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) In the meantime, thank you so much for listening to these longer Sunday and Saturday conversation interviews with Daniel Jones and Teresa Chung. I really appreciate it. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go into hiding in the desert, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not a crazy old hermit, it's Destiny Unleashed. not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.